All right, and we are live. Welcome to Staking Mondays, guys. My name is Mirko. I'm the CEO and founder of Staking Awards. And today is my pleasure to interview Brittany Lachlan, Executive Director at Stacks Open Internet Foundation. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, and for everyone who doesn't know Brittany, like you joined Stacks in May 2020 after spending six and a half years as a founding partner at Lattice Ventures as an early stage investor. And Stacks uh, describes itself as an open source blockchain network that leverages the security and capital of Bitcoin for decentralized apps and smart contracts. So it's basically building on top of Bitcoin um, to enable smart contracts and decentralized app applications to flourish there. Um, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, we're going to talk about like DeFi on Bitcoin today. So it's going to be a very exciting uh, topic for today. And anyone, if you have any questions, just drop them in the chat here and we'll address them later. So let's jump right into it. Um, all right. So Bitcoin is like one of the oldest and most decentralized of all cryptocurrencies. Uh, it's like a, a blue chip crypto, basically. It's the blue chip crypto. Uh, often, uh, but on, on the other hand, often referred to as a as a dino chain, which is like quite slow and like smart contracts are not supported natively. Um, can you explain like why did you guys at Stacks uh, decided to build on top of Bitcoin? Yeah, well, as you said, it's the largest, most secure <laughs> dino chain. I haven't heard that term before, but yeah, it's not very fast. It doesn't. Um, optimized for speed. It optimizes for security. Um, and I think that's why it's been the largest, you know, market cap. The most value is actually held in Bitcoin worldwide. It's the most accessible token everywhere. So these are some of the properties why it was interesting to think about building on Bitcoin is opening up all of that value, all of that, you know, built-in brand recognition across the globe and actually just adding more utility. Because I think to take it from something like a dino chain into something that's going to be useful going forward, it does need more utility. Um, it was even in Satoshi's original sort of posts in the forum posts, he had written, you know, he imagined that there would be chains built on top of Bitcoin to allow for more functionality. So that was kind of the um, initial inspiration. And the Stacks project has been around since about 2013 when it was first conceived in, in the mind. Um, and so we've been really excited to actually bring this um, to work. And it has been incredibly difficult working with Bitcoin, obviously, uh, but we now feel like we've, we're giving developers speed, we're giving them the security, and the next sort of biggest upgrades coming out of Stacks is gonna allow truly native transactions in Bitcoin using Stacks smart contracts. That's awesome. So what, what is it like for you guys to build on top of Bitcoin? Um, obviously, it's a very stable environment, um, but is it also limited in some sense? Um, obviously, you don't have like the, the full um, like Turing complete um, development that you have on Ethereum, for example, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're building a lot of that. You can almost think of uh, Stacks as like an L2 on Bitcoin. So basically adding more capacity, functionality, but ulti ultimate uh, settlement is actually tied back to Bitcoin. So what's great about that is like there's already this very high security budget of proof of work. And so, uh, you know, attacking the Bitcoin chain um, is very expensive. It's very hard to do. So ultimate finality of the Stacks chain into the Bitcoin chain um, gives us that benefit without having to replicate all of that proof of work in the same way. So that's been really 
beneficial. I think, um, you know, upgrades like Taproot have been good to push forward progress in Bitcoin, uh, but those feel very incremental relative to things like Ethereum or Solana, where there's, you know, huge amount of transactions that can happen, huge amounts of speed and capacity. So Stacks is really bringing that smart contracts layer mentality to the Bitcoin ecosystem. Awesome. So that means you are build it basically like um, building a second layer on top of Bitcoin and all the like you use Bitcoin as a settlement layer, um, but all these smart contract and uh, execution happens on stacks directly, correct? Yeah, you can think about it that way. And you can think about stacks as almost like a gas token that, you know, you may not want to burn your Bitcoin in these transactions. Bitcoin transactions themselves can be quite expensive. So instead of having this extra layer where things are, you know, very cheap, it's like a few cents to send a transaction. So if you're like minting an NFT or, you know, you're trying to create a, a DeFi transaction, uh, you don't have that high hurdle of transaction costs, which we see as like real benefits. People who want that security of Bitcoin, but don't want, you know, the high times and fees and costs. Awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what, what would you say are the like, um, in which ways is, is it better to build DeFi on Bitcoin? Uh, opposed to like Ethereum, for example, what is like the, what, what are the benefits for you guys? Yeah, I think um, it, it just kind of comes back to like accessible um, communities um, as well as the value capacity. So, you know, I think, you know, I believe in the multi-chain world. I think Ethereum definitely has a lot of um, things that does really well. It is built an incredible community. Um, I also think Bitcoin does some stuff well. So, you know, I think that it's had the most global reach. So you're thinking about where crypto can have the most impact. It's in developing nations where Bitcoin maybe has already been adopted or it's already passed regulatory restrictions that people are concerned about. So it already has a head start. Also just, you know, the market cap of Bitcoin being, um, I, don't, I don't know what it is exactly today, uh, but, you know, in the range of three to 10x the size of the next largest chain, um, I think just speaks to the amount of people who already believe in the value prop and maybe want to do something with their Bitcoin. So maybe if you really believe in Bitcoin, you don't want to sell it um, in order to take that value and put it somewhere else. Um, you know, I was talking to some Bitcoin maxis who are like, I'm never selling any of my Bitcoin ever. <laughs> and they're like, great. But like, you know, like, what does that look like 10 years from now? And they're like, well, yeah, well, one day I'll buy a house with it or something. And you think about, you know, simple DeFi primitives of like, well, what if you could hold on to your Bitcoin because you believe in the long-term value, but you're able to take like a loan against it or a margin loan against it without having to trust your Bitcoin with like a, a bridge or a custodian and instead being able to lock it on the Bitcoin chain, using that in lending, being able to either take out a loan or get some yield on it. Because if you plan to hold it for a very long time, it's great, but it's not very valuable in your real life if it's just something that you kind of lock in a vault. You know, you think you have like the digital gold, cool, you're, you know, swimming in your gold coins, but that's not very valuable to your everyday life. Awesome. Yeah, I think there are like actually two extremes, probably, if you look in the industry, like some people think um, like, yeah, Bitcoin is the ground layer of everything and everything will eventually build on top of Bitcoin, because like Bitcoin is the store of value. And on the other side, you have people that are saying, yeah, like Bitcoin could also just be basically like an application on Ethereum. You just have like an application with the 21 million coins. How do you think that is going to play out? And wh where do you see this scenario heading like over the next few years? Um, yeah. yeah, well, I think, you know, 
I started investing in the space in 2014. I was at Union Square Ventures. We we invested in Coinbase for the first time. And back then the thought was just like Bitcoin tech. Like there wasn't crypto. It was like Bitcoin tech. Uh, we think there was going to be financial applications like Bitcoin, and then there's going to be non-financial applications. And we actually made this bet on um, what's now Stacks. We made an investment. That's how I uh, met the team. And the thought is like, you know, people are going to want to do more than just have money online. Um, they're going to want to do stuff with it. So I think we've seen that play out. I think we've seen that play out with the way Ethereum has been designed, a number of other uh, competing chains that have emerged. So I think there is a lot of experimentation still going on. I also don't think there's going to be like one chain to rule them all. Um, I think that there's different reasons why you would use different chains, especially with bridges and other ways that make will make it even easier and more secure in the future to transfer over. But I do think it's especially interesting now thinking about Bitcoin versus something like Ethereum with the new staking model, you know, proof of stake, proof of work. I think these are excellent experiments that like, both of them have different advantages and disadvantages. And so I think um, continuing to allow those experiments run requires more utility on Bitcoin, more utility in how uh, people use that value, how we bring down the environmental, you know, potential environmental costs of something like proof of work by adding a lot more value to get, that gets created on top, not just people sort of hodling it. Um, so I do think it's, uh, I think both will be around for a long time time. Um, I'm sure we'll see some other interesting things there. But I do think that there is so much utility that's available on Bitcoin that hasn't been tapped into yet. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, how, how do you think how, how can this, uh, the whole potential, how can that be unleashed by basically like, because not a lot of people are building on Bitcoin, it's still like very niche, like Bitcoin is obviously very widely accepted in the world. But most of the smart contract and dev developers are building on Ethereum or Cosmos or something like that. Like, how can we make Bitcoin more attractive to build on top of it? Or like, yeah. Yeah, that's something that we've been working a lot on. Um, you know, there's a few there's a few projects that are thinking about Bitcoin layers. Um, so like Lightning is one of the most popular. And Lightning is excellent for small sending small transactions. You know, I think the best examples like in El Salvador, there's been like wide adoption and lightning payments are more common. You know, they're lower fee, it's accessible, you don't need to carry your keys around with you. Um, I think that that's a great use case. But I think if you want to go above the $100 threshold with anything on Bitcoin, you would need to use usually smart contracts. And that's where Stacks comes in. We've been working to upgrade to be able to add a lot more speed. So our Stacks 2.1 upgrade is coming. That's obviously one of the most requested. Because since we have ultimate finality on Bitcoin blocks, that 10 minute block time <laughs> of Bitcoin is quite slow compared to the industry average. So being able to securely uh, secure the chain in between those Bitcoin blocks so that there's a lot of um, value for developers. And so getting to speeds that are similar to the market standard around Ethereum, you know, like the 10 to 15 second range, uh, you know, it's kind of, I feel like, industry, you know, if you want to be a faster chain or a slower chain. Um, so getting those upgrades in, I think makes it easier. And then the other thing is just teaching more people to learn clarity. So clarity is a smart contract language that's for stacks. Um, Algorand also uses it. It's basically more secure. It's harder to make some of the, the fatal flaws that we've seen in some of the attacks uh, in Ethereum. So at the foundation, uh, Stacks Foundation, we offer free clarity tutorials the documentation's been built out. Um, there's a lot, you know, 
Our goals have thousands of developers by the end of this year. Uh, programming and clarity, we're already like very close to that mark. So um, we're excited just to get more people aware of it. But, you know, crypto moves very fast. It may feel like there's already clear winners. But, you know, three years ago, there was there were NFT projects. You know, we were more in the ICO era. Even DeFi was not even a commonly used term in our vernacular. So I do think it is still very early. And we are very bullish that there are so many use cases that can be brought to Bitcoin that already exist in other chains. And then even things that we haven't seen yet, you know. What's next summer going to be? We've had DeFi summer, NFT summer, ICO summer. Um, so I think just figuring out like what's coming next and how we can bring that to Bitcoin as well. Do you have any ideas what could be next after the the ICO boom and NFT boom and <laughs> DeFi summer? Like, what's the what's the next big thing that that you are seeing? Like, could be a yeah the, the next big thing kind of in crypto. Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously if there's a lot of value being exchanged, those get the most attention. Um, I think there's something really interesting happening with like portable identity online. You know, we think about identity, it, it in some ways is not that valuable. It's not like something you go and exchange for value in other places. But I do think that one of the challenges of working in crypto is, um, you know, web two apps, there's a very easy gardens in which you can wall off and kind of protect people from bad actors or civil accounts or spammers. And that's very hard to do in crypto because we do have such an anonymous um, approach. So I do think there will be something tied with like real identity or preventing civil attacks that will be very valuable in order to build the next level of like web three applications that like the normal person may use who's not in crypto because they want to be protected from any of that extra kind of junk. So I, I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm also yeah, excited, yeah, yeah, about other things with DAOs. I think DAOs really haven't had their moment yet. Um, we saw some excitement related to NFTs, but I do think there's ways of like self-organizing. You know, I would love to see people like crowdfund like a nuclear power plant <laughs> and say, you know, hey, we believe in like the future of clean energy. How can we collectively try and build something that's hard to do as individuals, but like is something we could do as like a collaborative group. Yeah, that's very interesting. And obviously you mentioned earlier that you're also a big believer in the multi-chain thesis kind of. Um, and then probably like a lot of projects will be built on, on Ethereum, a lot of others on like other chains, Cosmos, and then also on Bitcoin, um, what you're working on. Like, do you have any use, like special use cases in mind that would be much better to build on top of Bitcoin compared to like building on top of Ethereum? If we talk about like, The, the things um, like NFTs, identity, DeFi, um, and there are other things like real world assets and um, gaming and like what would be like the, the perfect fit use case for building on top of Bitcoin? Yeah, well, I think anywhere that you want that sort of high security for like a long period of time. You know, there's many Bitcoin maxis who think that Ethereum going to proof of stake means you're aggregating all of the power into the stop, top stakers, which I think is like what Coinbase and, and Lido, like those are pretty centralized in some ways. Like those stakers went away, you know, the next ones are order of magnitude smaller. Um, so it's like, some people say like, well, do you want to secure it to a chain that's going to be here in 10 years? And of course, this is like very maxi thinking of like, Bitcoin's going to be the only one that survives. Um, but I do think that sense of values of like wanting something to have a really long 
period of time, it's, it's very expensive to kind of change the chain. So that could be for very, um, you know, expensive assets or very large transactions where maybe speed is not as important as just memorializing it in a, uh, a fixed place. Um, so I think kind of at that end of the range, like very expensive transactions that speed is not the priority. And then I think even at the smaller end of the range, like where there is already penetration of like lightning wallets and Bitcoin is accepted um, by governments or regulators in different places. I think the access to DeFi in those spaces is really powerful. Um, you know, in El Salvador, there's, you can't even get lending products. So the idea of like saving money means like, transiting two hours, putting your $10 in the bank, transiting two hours home. Um, there's not an ease of use where if you can already start paying your bills in Bitcoin because that's accepted by your government, um, it may be easier to just add really small compounding yields um, or access into the whole financial market that's presented with Bitcoin um, through that medium. So I do think that there's some use cases that are simple now. I'm sure there's some breakout use case. I wish I could give you the exact answer to that, uh, but I'll have to keep talking to smarter people than myself to figure out what that is. All right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like having very capital intensive use cases makes a lot of sense. Maybe insurances or something like that, I guess. Um, and there's probably way more. So it's definitely probably not going to be gaming or something like this, which doesn't have like yeah, super high capital requirements. Um, but yeah, like I, I would love to dig more into stacks and we'll also go into the, uh, the architecture and the staking and everything. Um, but maybe start from, from like the history of stacks. Like you had a fundraising round in 2017, um, like 4,500 people participated there and also like some, some well-known VCs like DCG, blockchain capital and so on. Um, how is the journey for Stacks since then in 2017? And like, have you reached your milestones? And what were like the biggest achievements over the last like, yeah, five years basically? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we did have some great investors, like I said, USV, Lux Capital, um, Gemini, like a number of of early crypto folks. So the 2017 offering, we decided to pursue a contrarian path and go. Uh, for SEC qualification in the US. We wanted to give token holders the confidence that they um, had, a regulatory, had regulatory certainty around the token. Um, and we also wanted to be able to open it up so that de developers could participate in the initial token offering. Um, so instead of just like big VCs who are accredited could uh, participate, we actually went through the process so we could open up the sale to um, anyone. They don't have to be accredited in the US. Uh, which is a very big hurdle. When we started down that path, we didn't know how long it would take. Um, I actually joined the team over uh, at Blockstack, at the time that's what it's called, um, to help do the SEC qualification. And uh, yeah, we, we finally got approval in 2019 and we were able to open up that token sale at the original price, the 2017 price to people who had um, had interest in participating but couldn't. Uh, and through that, we were able to open up our, our token um, that was great, but obviously there was a lot of time spent, you know, we were building the tech on the back end, but just waiting for the regulatory certainty. So once we got qualified, first project to do it really paved the path there. Um, it was thinking about, okay, how do we then open up these token markets? Um, so that took almost another like year to really get it launched in the U S um, because of regulatory uncertainty, you know, the sec was clear about what Uh, what the token should do, but then how you actually were able to qualify for trading was something totally different. 
Um, so getting that like first listing on Coinbase was like a really big deal for us as well. Um, and that kind of coincided um, not too far from our mainnet launch. So our mainnet launch happened in uh, 2021, <laughs> January 2021. Um, so about a year and a half ago. And that was a huge thing because it brought smart contracts. Um, you know, before we were known more for like identity. Uh, so you had like a block stick ID that you could use in different applications, um, storage for Gaia, like a decentralized storage, um, which Gaia is decentralized storage, but you could actually use other storage providers on the back end. So like IPFS integrated with a number of things there. So those milestones, I feel like in the last 18 months, it's just like we've seen incredible explosion of growth, you know, the growth of clarity, people rating smart contracts, NFTs. Uh, we've had our first, you know, large DeFi projects. Um, and then just like a lot of utility just for the average stacks holder, because the launch of mainnet actually brought um, stacking, which is kind of similar to staking, being at staking rewards. Um, but instead of earning in the native asset, you actually can lock your stacks and earn Bitcoin. So getting a Bitcoin yield has been something that's um, really excited people, not only because it provides value um, to themselves, but also thinking about interesting ways to apply that in like NFTs. Like what if you have an NFT and you really believe in it? And you could hold it and actually just earn a Bitcoin yield by holding it, not waiting to sell it in order to capture some of that value. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, and, and would love to dig more into that. Um, but so like looking looking at the past years, like a lot of things happened there. Like, were there any events that kind of um, where you changed your direction or strategy or has that been influenced by like all the different narratives that were happening in the ecosystem and um, yeah, I mean, like it, it feels like there's so much happening in crypto, like every day. Um, how, how has the whole like development of the crypto space influenced the strategy of, of you guys building stacks? Yeah. So at the, you know, I'm at the foundation now, our goal is like, how do we, um, you know, how do we realize this mission of building on Bitcoin? Um, we do that through supporting developers, like free education, free tooling, um, hackathons, uh, online camps. Uh, we also support entrepreneurs. Like we have a great grants program for people to build out different pieces of open source software, um, pieces of their businesses. And then we also help support governance. So like those three things are what we care about. Uh, we do have an engineer that's contributing to the core development, but in some ways we do not set what the core development will look like. That instead happens through our SIPs process, which is um, Stacks Improvement Proposals. So anyone can participate in those, um, provide, you know, reasoning or thoughts on where the change should go. And then we just help make sure that those um, proposals get scoped out and they get considered and they get voted on and then they get um, put to a vote. So with that, it's like in some ways we have less control <laughs> over what's happening. But some of the th some of the upgrades that are coming uh, in the next month of Stacks 2.1, which was all committed by the community, are around um, some upgrades to make bridging easier, uh, some things that make native Bitcoin NFTs easier using stacks. Um, so there's some small improvements like that, as well as things like speed. So like, how do you get more transactions through? You know, two years ago, I think the bar for what speed meant was has, has shifted a lot, um, just with faster chains. It's not our goal probably to be, you know, to compete and be like the number one on speed. I don't think the chain... 
uh, that's the value that you're getting out of building on Bitcoin. Um, but it is, it does mean like we have to keep up with standards. So, you know, like I said, the sort of 10 to 15 seconds, I think is, is standard. Uh, you know, we need to be in that range, if not faster, um, in order to make it enticing for developers and consumers to use it. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. And so you, you already mentioned like quite a few like different projects building on stacks, like uh, identity bridges and so on. Can you can you walk us through like the stacks ecosystem, like which which steps are there like to highlight or like um, what are like exciting projects that you are personally looking forward to as well um, in the stacks ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, well, I think, you know, we've seen similar trends in other places of crypto, but we had a huge excitement around NFTs um, kind of for a few reasons. One, people were excited about the values of Bitcoin and they wanted to open up NFTs to Bitcoiners. So they're like, how can we do this? How can we build this? So there's a number of projects that support NFT marketplaces. Um, that includes Hey Layer, uh, Byzantine, um, and Gamma. They're great places if you want to mint an NFT or if you want to find an NFT built on stacks. Um, there's also a lot of excitement because like the fee to mint on stacks is, you know, like less than a dollar. <laughs> so it's very different than, you know, spending three, four hundred dollars um, just to purchase a single NFT or make a single NFT. Um, in the DeFi realm, we've also seen a lot of interest in uh, two big projects, one called Arcadico, uh, which has a stable coin and one called Alex Go, which is a DEX. And then they also offer lending. So people who want to put their tokens to work or they want to get exposure to new assets coming online, um, they can like check out Alex or Arcadico and be able to earn some of that yield. So that's been really great. And then, you know, like I said, there's some really interesting projects like City Coins. I think that's fairly unique to um, the Stacks ecosystem. It takes advantage of those stacking rewards that we talked about. So they were actually minted new tokens for cities like Miami Coin. And then they take 30% of the yield that they get from those tokens and put it into a wallet for the city. So that means that the city is constantly earning more money. And the mayor actually formally accepted that money and they put it to work in public works in the city of Miami. So like, I think that's like a really interesting take of like private public partnership um, using crypto and crypto yields in order to do something pretty interesting uh, in communities. And from right. there, they've actually even had projects building on top. So like City Packs is a project I love. Um, they're thinking about, can we fund Web3 education in the K2, K-12 through ecosystem by giving students NFTs that earn yield? And the longer they hold them, the longer they're in school, they're going to be able to reap that yield over time. And then also put some of the proceeds towards actually developing the education. So really just thinking of that next level of like, wow, when you have a yielding asset, you can put it to work in really interesting ways, not just like for-profit ways, but also these non-profit ways. Um, so I definitely recommend checking out their NFT project and then like the work that they're doing with the funds. That's awesome. Yeah, very interesting. So how, like for the CityCoin project, like how, how does it actually generate a yield on the token? How does that work? Yeah, so the what what our consensus model is called proof of transfer. So instead of having to run really expensive miners, uh, miners actually submit Bitcoin in order to win the blocks. So that Bitcoin that got submitted, uh, some of it gets burned and then some of it gets distributed back to stacking. So anyone who's locked in their stacks, they earn that. Right now it's about like an 
APY uh, in Bitcoin. So the way that CityCoins works is they've built a similar proof of transfer on top. So instead of miners submitting Bitcoin, they're submitting stacks and that's helping them mint the Miami coin or the New York City coin uh, or the other coins. And so 30% of those yields that come from the mining actually go into the pool. And that means 70% of the rewards go to the people who've locked their tokens in those um, city coins. Yeah, very interesting. So it's like basically also like renting out the lending the security from either Bitcoin or from Stacks in that case. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, what's great about it for Bitcoin is it's like this re reusable proof of work. So the, um, you know, the miners have already submitted a lot of Uh, electricity to mint these Bitcoin. And now the Bitcoin are getting used, either burned or redistributed in order to lock and secure the value of the stacks chain. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so there are like currently, according to our website, Stackmores, we have like 528 million stacks are being staked right now, um, which means around 39% of the entire like token supply is being staked or like stacked, um, if I'm correct. Um, Like how, how else is the STX token used in the ecosystem? Is it mainly for the stacking purpose or like are there other use cases for the token or anything else, like any other utility of the STX in the Stacks ecosystem? Yeah, so I think, as, uh, you know, stacking is a great way if you know you want to hold stacks and maybe you don't have um, the pure utility use case for yourself personally yet. So that, like I said, that sort of eight to 10% APY in Bitcoin uh, is very compelling, especially I think now in our current markets where people want to hold, maybe they want exposure to Bitcoin, they don't know when to buy. It's like, you know, you kind of have this these Bitcoin transactions um, trickling into your wallet over the course of the two-week cycle. So I highly recommend you check it out. <laughs> It's really nice. If you don't have enough uh, stacks to directly you can always go through um, some exchanges um, other stacking pools to be able to access that yield um, even if you don't have a minimum which I think might be around 120,000 stacks right now um, so yeah we have seen an increase in that I think given just the market but stacks is also used as a utility uh, in the network so when you're minting an nft you have transaction fees um, you know the price of the nft or you're locking your stacks um, in Uh, in some of the DeFi protocols, like I mentioned, like Arcadico, like you're participating in liquidity pools and uh, presenting stacks as those. Um, we even see DAOs, you know, their treasury is in stacks, so they're using those. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can kind of think about it like most L2s where some people hold, some people are spending them, um, developers need them in order to build stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a fascinating uh, way of earning Bitcoin, basically, um, by, by stacking STX tokens. Um, so, Brittany, I have a wide question for you. Like, um, how does the world look like if Stacks is ultra successful, like in the next few years? Like, imagining like your, your team and the whole ecosystem, everyone is like fully reaching their goals and um, it's like the the yeah perfect development for stacks over the coming years. Like how how does the world look like? Yeah, well, you know, just in my thought, obviously not financial advice, <laughs> but yeah, I think that you know I think the goal is to get more and more consumers using Web 3 and I think you know our industry is successful if we kind of keep breaking um, the numbers on how many people are using it, find utility in it in their daily lives. 
And I think it's very easy to think about like the Western use cases of, you know, lending and compared to, you know, what you're getting at your bank. But I do think that there's an, a completely underserved community that has web access that doesn't have access to things like financial tools or collaboration tools where they can be um, sort of trusted and being part of the online uh, you know, economy. So I think that we can really move the needle in those um, areas. I think building on Bitcoin is a great way to do that because there is already so much um, interest in infrastructure that's getting built to support Bitcoin. But I do think that, you know, these like regular consumer experiences still ha haven't existed yet. And so for us at the foundation, we believe that having entrepreneurs who are the most excited about building in Web3, getting the tools they need, getting capital they need, getting, you know, building the community that they, they need, um, that's really the hard part. And if we're successful in getting more people interested in, in building these uh, new experiences, like that is the win for everyone. Um, and I think with Bitcoin in particular, I think if we can take that market cap of Bitcoin and build just as much value on top of Bitcoin as the market cap of Bitcoin, that is like a huge win in success. I mean, even looking at our sort of goals, it's like, are we successful? Is there enough value being created on top of stacks? Um, and what is that relative to the Bitcoin market cap? So we're like, you know, maybe that's a thousand companies exist. Maybe it's at first 5% of the Bitcoin market cap. Maybe it's 10% of the Bitcoin market cap. Like how do we continue to um, just create so much value on top that, you know, Bitcoin's an important chain, but the, you know, maybe even these like chains that's been off of Bitcoin are, are just as valuable. Awesome. Is there a, or like, could it be that like the value that on top of stacks exceeds the value of Bitcoin or would that be a risk um, for these applications or that's technically feasible? Yeah, I think it's technically feasible. I mean, I think um, even what you've seen is in some of these other, you know, especially when you think about DeFi and people are using leverage in order to um, like attract more value than exists. Um, I do think that the market cap of Bitcoin is um, right now it's the gold standard. I don't know if it'll always stay that way, but maybe for the positive, maybe because there's such robust ecosystems um, using it kind of like Ethereum. Like if you look at all the value of all the activity that's happening on Ethereum, a lot of it's happening on layer twos. Um, certain chains have a lot more value, stable coins. Um, so I think there's like a diverse, uh, a diverse number of use cases that um, Ethereum helps power, but it's not Ethereum itself that has maybe the, the highest market cap, but like the aggregation of all of the things built on top uh, definitely exceeds the Ethereum market cap. So I think that's completely possible in Bitcoin. I think we will see it. And I think Bitcoin maxis and other people will be excited by that because it's creating more value more sustainability, more um, reuse of all this energy that's already gone into making Bitcoin possible. Um, so that will help give it longevity and not sort of challenge it. And, you know, we're not attempting to try and rewrite Bitcoin. Uh, most people don't want it really tampered with. Um, this is just taking the in existing infrastructure that's there, realizing Satoshi's dream of more, uh, more tokens built on top of it and more chains uh, that provide utility. Right. So I'm, I'm actually just wondering, like, what is the competition like for DeFi on Bitcoin? Are there other projects that also enable DeFi on Bitcoin or like, is there even native 
like on the on the native protocol level, like initiatives to bring DeFi on Bitcoin, or like how, how does the landscape uh, look like for DeFi on Bitcoin? Yeah, so um, you know, I think one of the most common things people think of as a Bitcoin layer is uh, Lightning. So Lightning, you know, sort of allows channels and small transactions. Um, there isn't a second token; it's just native to Bitcoin, which I think people like. But it, again, it, it's kind of uh, for very small transactions. Um, so some other folks that are thinking about this is like RSK and Liquid. Um, those are two other projects. They have other trade-offs, like they don't necessarily have a token, but they do have more um, maybe potentially like centralized validators in order to verify uh, so that you don't have to wait for the finality in the Bitcoin block. Uh, we've tried to make it more decentralized. That's why we have separate miners and why we have a separate gas asset that's out there. Um, but I don't think we're the only ones. And I think the narrative, if you start listening, I mean, even being on here talking about DeFi and Bitcoin, it's a growing narrative of like, wow, there's tons of value from the institutional level down to the smallest holder uh, who want to do stuff with their Bitcoin. They don't want to just hold it um, and miss out on any other value creation. So I think it's a growing uh, interest area. And we've seen a lot of developers come to Stacks just saying like, I want to build on Bitcoin. That's why I'm here. You know, <laughs> that's how I heard about it is because I was looking for the Bitcoin solution. Um, and Stacks right now is the leading smart contracts platform on uh, on Bitcoin. So, you know, we've had a bit of a head start. We've been working on this problem for a very long time. It's not an easy problem, uh, but hopefully we're making it easier for developers uh, to build on top. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I think you're doing a, a great job there. And uh, we had like one community question here as well. Like, how are you attracting new developers on Stacks? And how are you competing with all the other networks that are fighting for developer attention? Um, obviously, like there are a lot of people who want to build on Bitcoin kind of. So Stacks seems to be a, a very good solution there. Um, but what else is like, it's a, it's a big pull factor for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, we were just actually, we just did like a developer survey to see like why people are attracted <laughs> to Stacks. Um, you know, we have folks because they're like, I believe in, in Bitcoin. I believe in self-sovereignty. I believe in all of the values that kind of represent Bitcoin. So it's like a very values aligned. Um, we have other developers who come for clarity. Like they're like, I've looked at the smart contract languages. I want something that's secure. I want something that's, you know, easy to build on. Um, and being able to feel confident that I can ship something that isn't going to get hacked. So clarity has been a really cool, like driving force. And there's been a lot of investment that we've made in making sure there's documentation and tutorials and free education around that. And so I think that's another thing that's drawn people in. And then I think the third thing is this, like we've seen this huge rush of creatives who wanted to think about their NFT projects, um, either because they want the finality of Bitcoin or they, you know, they've heard of Bitcoin and they're like, okay, I feel like I can trust this. Um, I understand it. I can explain it. And so they're interested in building their projects. So we've actually run a cohort called the Mintry, which helps um, creators uh, for free, like go through basically an intensive boot camp to launch their NFT projects on Stacks. Um, and through that, I think those artists have attracted a number of other artists in like the visual artists, you know, video content, audio, musicians. Um, there's some really cool stuff that's coming in. And I see it as a good sign that people aren't coming just for the chain in some ways, like they're coming for the community. They're like, I want to be here because these other artists are here. I want to be here because these other developers are here. Um, they may not be coming in like 
comparing like the apples to apples of like, well, if I go to, you know, Polygon or Avalanche, I'm going to get these trade-offs. Um, so I think that across Web3, we'll see more of that adoption where it's people come for the people, they come for the community uh, and want to go places that there's capital, there's resourcing, there's easy to use technology. So those to me are just baseline things we're doing at Stacks that um, help move the needle, and get people in. Awesome. That's really exciting. So yeah, um, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for all the great insights. Um, and for, for everyone who just like, for all our listeners who just like uh, learned about Stacks or like learned today about DeFi on Bitcoin, like well, what's the best ways to, to follow the latest developments of Stacks and like what's the best ways to learn more as well and uh, dive deeper or like start even developing and um, yeah, like what are the resources, yeah. the go-to resources? Yeah, so, you know, stacks.org, we are a very um, useful resource if you're a developer looking for all the clarity information, clarity tutorials, um, you know, coding camps uh, come for that. Uh, we also have a grants program. Like we were awarding, I think, like about two and a half million grants, uh, US dollars worth of grants this year to builders. Um, so it's a great place to get started. You know, if you have a small idea, you know, $2,500 uh, grant um, is very popular up to like a 250K grant. And so, um, you know, that's all on stacks.org. You can also learn about our governance. Like, how does it work? Who has control? How do I vote? Um, how do I take, you know, take influence over uh, the future of this chain? All of those things live at stacks.org. And then if you just want general information, stacks.co is kind of a site that gives you access to the full download, like you want to know what's the history, where can I learn more, where the white papers. Uh, so we keep that directory um, just for anyone who wants to get the full deep dive. Um, yeah, and check us out on Twitter too. Uh, the handle at Stacks, um, that's run by the foundation, but that's a resource where you can find the latest on events, you know, talks like this um, and meet some of the community members. Awesome. Really cool. Yeah. So to everyone listening, uh, check out the resources. Um, also make sure if you enjoyed this episode, just hit the like button and uh, subscribe to our channel. Um, and check out the previous episodes of Stacking Mondays as well, available on YouTube and Spotify. Um, let us know in the comments, like if you enjoyed this episode, if you want to learn more or like uh, let us know who you would like to see next on Stacking Mondays as well for Brittany and for the audience. I'm Mirko. As always, happy staking. Thank you.